0: Good afternoon, and welcome to From Where We Are, stories of news and culture through the lens of USC and Southern California. I'm Claire Fogarty, coming to you live from Studio B in USC's Annenberg Media Center.
1: And I'm Nicole Bednar. It's Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. And National Cereal Day, breakfast lovers rejoice. On today's show, what's going on with the diabetes-turned-weight-loss drug, a look at Gen Z's relationship with alcohol, students' post-semester plans, do college kids care about the Oscars, and a conversation with Annenberg Media's arts, culture, and entertainment editor.
0: All that and more from where we are. But first, today's headlines from Caitlin Calfo.
2: Governor Gavin Newsom announced Monday that California will cut ties with Walgreens. His decision comes days after the drugstore company announced it will no longer distribute abortion medication in 21 Republican states, including Kansas and Iowa, where the procedure remains legal. Union pension protests across France block fuel deliveries from all refineries and leave thousands without electricity as people take to the streets to protest French lawmakers' pension reform, an unpopular plan that would raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Two of the four Americans kidnapped in a Mexican border town were found dead after the four road tripped from Brownsville, Texas, to accompany a friend seeking cosmetic surgery. The survivors are back and safe on U.S. soil. Governor Ron DeSantis addressed the Florida legislator in Tallahassee to kick off the state's 2023 legislative session. Leaders of the Florida House and Senate say DeSantis' priorities are part of an agenda they're looking to, quote, get across the finish line. The agenda includes what supporters call constitutional carry, which refers to approving measures to carry a concealed gun in public without a permit, an expansion of a law that critics dubbed Don't Say Gay.
0: Alpha with some of today's headlines. If you follow celebrity news, spend any time on Twitter or watch pharmaceutical commercials, then you've likely have heard of Ozempic, the diabetes medication turned hot weight loss drug. Now it's experiencing a supply shortage. How is the shortage affecting patients with diabetes? And should we even be taking Ozempic in the first place? Janie Zhang has the story.
3: There is a new drug that is going viral, Ozempic. Is an injectable prescription medicine for adults with type 2 diabetes. It was approved by the FDA for treatment in 2017 and then in 2021 under another brand name, Wigovi, which targets obesity. Both drugs contain semaglutide, a key element that constructively regulates blood sugar while also reducing appetite. The weight loss effect feeds into the ongoing skinny-fying fad. Celebrities are making this a widespread term by being explicit about their use of the drug. When asked about his secret to always looking fit and healthy on Twitter, Elon Musk simply replied, Fasting and we govi. Andy Cohen also commented on how Ozempic has permeated our everyday lives. He wrote, Everyone is suddenly showing up 25 pounds lighter. What happens when they stop taking Ozempic? What's more, it has already become a trend on TikTok, with 508.9 million views under the hashtag Ozempic. The sudden rise in popularity is not without its costs. The growing demand among the non-diabetic population has ultimately led to a worldwide shortage of semaglutide, Novo Nordisk, the manufacturer of Ozempic and Wegovy, announced that they were unable to supply enough to meet up the growing need. According to Dr. Elisa Dominguez, a specialist in endocrinology, diabetes, and metabolism at USC CAC School of Medicine, This is unfavorable for patients who actually rely on the drug to stabilize their blood sugar levels.
4: It is frustrating um, when people are doing well on a specific medication and it's controlling their blood sugars really well. When they're not able to get that medication, the blood sugars will go back up again. Sometimes we have to restart them on therapies that we had had them on before, such as insulin. For patients who are using it um, for weight loss, a lot of the issues that they have reported is a return in the appetite that had been suppressed by the medication, and then weight regain for some people as well.
3: For diabetes patients, Ozempic is a necessity in their daily lives. In order to cope with the shortage, Dr. Dominguez mentions switching people to a different medication, such as Trulicity or Jaro. The idea that people can lose weight by simply injecting our dose once a week is so appealing that they are not taking into consideration the possible side effects.
4: Um, The sort of short-term risks are things that I tend to counsel patients on or the effects of um, stomach upset, nausea, diarrhea, and constipation. Those are some of the shorter-term effects that people will sometimes experience. In addition,
3: the consequences of taking Ozempic and Wigovi in the long term remain to be unclear. A study conducted by the National Institutes of Health on Animals indicates that Ozempic has caused thyroid cancer in animals. It is uncertain if this drug also results in increased thyroid cancer risk in humans. There is a lot more that needs to be uncovered about Ozempic, according to Dr. Dominguez.
4: Really, it just hasn't been studied, I would say. Like, we don't really know what the particular risks are in using it in that population. So a lot of, you know, a lot of the risks were unknown.
3: Still, the Ozempic shortage has not yet been resolved. For Annenberg Media, I'm Janie Zhang.
1: Gen Z has jumped on yet another trend, but this time it's not low-rise jeans or matcha lattes or hot girl walks. In fact, this new movement might surprise you, and as Meredith McCabe reports, businesses are
5: catching up to the trend. My favorite always is the Monday mezcal. That's
6: Brianda Gonzalez. She's pointing at a bottle of yellowish liquor with an eye-catching black and blue geometric label. We're standing in a small bottle shop on bustling Lincoln Boulevard in Venice, California. The store is full of brightly labeled liquors, wines, and cocktail mixes. At just 28, Gonzalez is the founder and CEO of The New Bar.
5: By the beginning of 2022, I decided to leave my job in tech to build The New Bar full time. I found this incredible, tiny, cute shop, and I thought, you know, I could, I could pull this off I think and so yeah so we we opened mid-July and now here we are
6: but the new bar isn't your typical bar where you'll find spilled drinks sticky floors and drunken college students stumbling around garnished with a little orange peel for you all the fun without the alcohol you heard that right no alcohol New Bar employee Eva Hayes serves mocktail samples just like this one seven days a week. The New Bar is one of several non-alcoholic bottle shops in the L.A. area. It's become part of the Sober Curious movement, a movement that has many young people exploring their relationships with alcohol, whether that means quitting cold turkey or just cutting back on the binge drinking. 24-year-old Bharat Rai knows this movement well.
7: You know, back in when, I, when I drank a lot, like, it, it may have been, like, three days of me just, like, you know, really uh, slogging through the day and, you know, dragging my feet.
6: Rye recently graduated from USC with a Master of Science in Translational Biotechnology.
7: And I really realized that if, if I want to stay productive and, you know, get all the work that needs to get done done effectively, then, then, you know, I really do need to watch what I drink because that hangover the next day is really not going to be worth it in the long run.
6: Rye is the co-founder of an app called Ethos Mindful Drinking. He began his research for the app as a student when he started looking at alcohol consumption through the lens of biomedical sciences.
7: Ethos's mission is to increase the awareness and the mindfulness of social drinkers. The way that we're doing that is we're uh, providing an educational experience when someone is downloading the app. You're going to set your limits. You're going to log your drinks.
6: Rye launched Ethos this past November after months of research. Like Gonzalez, he capitalized on a trend of young people wanting to explore their own alcohol consumption.
7: Well, you know, I think really since the last two years, there's been a, a bigger emphasis on public health um, you know, issues and just more conscientiousness towards your own uh, individual health at large.
6: There are many reasons why young people might cut back on their alcohol consumption. Productivity, mental and physical health, and sleep are just a few. And studies back it up. A 2020 study from the University of Michigan shows that over the last two decades, the number of college students who abstained from drinking went up by 8%. And according to a 2022 UK study from DrinkAware on alcohol consumption trends, Gen Z is the most sober and sober-curious generation yet. Gonzalez still does drink, but infrequently and not heavily.
5: I'm like very high-strung. I am a chronic overthinker, and I found that um, hangovers really seem to exacerbate that for me.
6: Rye has also cut down on his alcohol consumption quite a bit. In fact, he pulled up the Ethos app and showed me his target amount of standard drinks for the week, 1.4. As a founder of a startup, decreasing his alcohol consumption has paid off, literally.
7: I'll tell you, like uh, drinks are not cheap here either, and it really put a dent in my uh, in my bank account for a little bit there.
6: Now, to be fair, these non-alcoholic drinks like a bottle of Sovies Reserve Red Wine or Bax Botanics Gin, could set you back as much as $40. In fact, Gonzalez knows she has to work extra hard to get people interested in these drinks when there's still such a strong culture of drinking to get drunk.
5: When I was building the experience and the way it, the brand looks and feels and the, uh, the, the entire concept, I was really focused on making the category feel exciting and sexy and interesting and accessible for the gen z and millennial demographic in particular
6: gonzalez adds it's not just about getting a buzz she says it's important to understand the intensive process of how these drinks are made and to examine the inherent value in a drink other than its
5: physical effects i don't really drink to get drunk personally what i have come to find is that I actually really, really value the flavors, the experience, the reminder to slow down and enjoy something with somebody or to participate in mixology or to pair something with a meal, right? That's, that's the inherent value of a drink to me.
6: Now, I'm 21 years old and new to the world of fancy cocktails, but with all this talk of complex non-alcoholic drinks, I couldn't not give it a try. All right, I'm gonna try a sip. Let's see how it is. It looks really pretty. It's really good. I've never had a real Negroni before, but I love love sweet and citrus, so this is perfect. (laughs) An added bonus, I downed the whole thing and was able to drive home. No questions asked. For Annenberg Media, I'm Meredith McCabe. I'm
0: Claire
1: Fogarty. We're glad you're with us for From Where We Are. And I'm Nicole Bednar. It's 12 minutes past the hour. Coming up, how USC students feel about the upcoming Oscars, college kids ready their post-semester plans, and a conversation with Annenberg Media's arts, culture, and entertainment editor, Caitlin Humami. Stay with us. Spring Break is right around the corner, which means the summer is fast approaching. Here's Anthony Slade with a story on how USC students plan to spend their summer holiday.
8: With Spring Break right around the corner, many students have already begun making plans for the summer. And while my dream summer vacation includes traveling to Europe, meeting an Italian boyfriend, and partaking in a whirlwind star-crossed romance, some Trojans have other plans. For example, he is sophomore computer science and business administration major, Harley Foest.
3: Um, Yeah, I'm going to do a software development intern at Amazon.
8: According to Zipia, roughly 60% of college undergraduates and recent graduates complete an internship. At USC, this number is closer to 80%. These career-related pressures have primed some students to panic at the very thought of summer plans. Valia Oliver, a senior sociology major, is one of these students.
9: No, when you asked me, what are your plans for the summer? My first thought was, how can I prove that I know what I'm doing? And I started thinking like, do I have any internships? Am I doing any volunteer? Am I working anywhere? And like, I was like, okay, I can say this. And oh, this makes me seem like I'm very put together.
8: And unfortunately for people like me, internships are actually largely beneficial for students entering the job force post-grad. The same study from Zipia found that students who completed an internship are 15% less likely to be unemployed in the first years after college. Moreover, entry-level professionals with internship experience earn roughly 6% more than their peers who do not have internship experience. My European voyage is suddenly looking like less of a priority. Interestingly enough, one student has actually found a way to live my dream while still maintaining her girl boss status. Mali Ayun, a sophomore law, history and culture major, will be crossing the Atlantic as soon as this semester lets out.
0: For the summer, I'm going to Paris. Um, It's the public memory and ghosts of history. So it's like a GE credit for me. So I'll be there for like the first three, four weeks.
8: But students staying local shouldn't fret. Summer break is the perfect time to wind down and decompress after two semesters of grueling schoolwork. Paris-bound Ayun made sure to take pity on me and proffer some valuable advice for those less fortunate.
0: I mean, if you don't really know what you want to do, you don't really even have to do anything. Like, we're really young, honestly. And so even just taking the summer to, like, go visit family is so real. Like, you can't do that for the rest of your life. And, like, internships will always wait for you.
8: With less than two months until summer holiday, time seems to be running out for students without an internship already lined up. Don't worry, though. We'll have the rest of our lives to worry about clocking in hours and putting in the work. For now, let's just enjoy spring break. For Annenberg Media, I'm Anthony Slade.
0: Finally, Hollywood's biggest night is this weekend, the Oscars. But is the award ceremony still relevant? Cami Toomey asked USC students to get their perspective.
9: Hollywood's biggest night of the year is coming up fast. The 95th annual Academy Awards are this Sunday, so I spoke with USC students to see if they'll be watching the Oscars and who they'll be rooting for. Nina Ko, a sophomore communications student, is unsure if she'll be watching the show.
3: I guess I would watch it, but I wouldn't like go out of my way to watch it. I would talk about it with other people though and ask for the results. or.
9: Jaron D. Zahn, a freshman studying Lifespan Health, shares Ko's lack of enthusiasm for the Oscars.
8: No, I realize over the years that I don't watch that many movies. so Not really into, I guess, movies like that to where I care about who wins a specific award.
9: Despite being a film major, senior Natalie Grace hasn't had the time to catch up on all the Oscars nominations this year.
6: It's actually kind of funny because you're so busy making films at film school that you don't have time to actually watch film or watch the Oscars for that matter.
9: On the other hand, some students are looking forward to rooting for their favorite films to take home the Golden Statuette. Sophomore history major Catalina Velvez is excited to watch the awards. I really love the Banshees of Inesherin, I'm not going to lie. I know it's not really seen as a front runner. Per se, but it's just like a personal fave of mine, but also I know everything everywhere all at once is like a fan favorite um, and I'm rooting for them as well. I think they I think they deserve it. After last year, maybe they'll be watching more because it was a major like cultural moment. Velvis is of course referring to the infamous Will Smith Oscar slap. Christopher Smith, a history and health human sciences double major, says he will absolutely be watching the Oscars this year.
8: Um, absolutely I'm part of the Tar Hive. Let's get all Lydia Tar content, even though Lydia Tar as a character is quite complex. Um, we love that, but also Everything Everywhere All At Once, very happy that that seems like that's going to do well. There's definitely some... Good picks this year.
9: After Hashtag Oscars So White, sophomore journalism student Vishu Reddy is excited to see Asian representation in the nominations this year.
3: Yeah, definitely everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, I'm super excited that a movie with a lot of Asian representation um, has gained a lot of nominations this year, and I'm really hoping it takes home Best Picture. And also, uh, in the Best Original Song category, uh, a South Indian movie was nominated, and I really hope that wins because I'm South Indian, and it's crazy seeing that it's been um, like placed that it's been nominated for, like, a Western award ceremony. The award ceremony will
9: be hosted by talk show host and comedian Jimmy Kimmel. So whether you're a diehard movie buff or just watching for the red carpet and Rihanna's performance, it looks like the 2023 Oscars will be an event you don't want to miss. For Annenberg Media, I'm Cammie Toomey.
1: The Oscars are just days away, and the media center is abuzz. Today, we have arts, culture, and entertainment editor, Caitlin Humani, here to talk with us about the Academy Awards and Annenberg Media's coverage. Thanks for joining us, Caitlin.
10: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited.
1: So, which nominated films are you most excited about?
10: I am a huge fan of everything, everywhere, all at once. And I'm so excited that it's getting the love that I think it deserves. I'm really predicting that they're going to sweep. I'm pretty excited for them. I think based on the SAG Awards, the Critic Choice Awards, everything that's been leading up to this, they're, they've are they been doing really well and and getting a lot of recognition. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and I also just think it's so fun and interesting that there are so many blockbusters nominated this year. I saw Avatar. I saw Top Gun. Um, and I think that's like a great way to kind of bridge the gap between what people think of as, like, super artsy Oscars-like movies and real, like, Hollywood blockbusters that, that a lot of people go see. So I think hopefully viewership will go up this year and more people will be talking about the movies and engaged in the conversations. But yeah.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I feel like I'm due for an Everything Everywhere all at once rewatch. Like, I feel like it came out so long ago and I'm very excited. <laughs> um, and what coverage can we expect from the Ace Desk regarding the awards
10: on Sunday? We have a great piece coming up um, in collaboration with the Interactives desk. Um, it's going to be published relatively soon, um, but you're going to be able to vote for your predictions for who's going to win. We're going to have an overview of the nominees and um, what awards they've won so far this semester of uh, this award season. So um, that's been a great piece that has been, a lot of work has gone into that with the Interactives team um, and the web development team, and they're all great. But um, yeah, I personally really am excited for us to talk about um, kind of some of the representation issues that are always ongoing with the Oscars. Um, obviously, this year is a landmark year for Asian-American actors being nominated, um, but the there's still no women nominated for Best Director. Only seven women have been nominated in the history of the Oscars, which is just appalling, but um, definitely something that we want to highlight and discuss because that's obviously so important. No matter how much progress they make in Hollywood with representation and with elevating voices that are, haven't been elevated historically, we really want to keep highlighting the
1: fact that it, it's not enough yet exactly and going off of that like sorry, since there have been the concerns with diversity and like the nominees and no women were included in the best director category and also that no actors of color broke into the lead actor category so what do you think and what are your thoughts on the awards responsibility uh, to promote diversity
10: i think they have a tremendous responsibility to promote diversity i think that it's just they really do have they have to be seeking out more diverse films and less legacy media that just promotes the same voices that have been promoted for so long in hollywood and they just need to do a better job of uplifting voices and actors and creators of color because like I said, it's just been so many years of the same exact directors being nominated, the same exact actors being nominated, except although this year it's all first-time nominees in the Best Actor category, which is exciting and interesting, but I just wish there was more more diversity in that category for sure.
0: Yeah, and here at Annenberg, we have the Inclusion Initiative coming out with a lot of that research, so there's less and less to hide behind because we have the numbers to back it up, and a lot of our classmates code the movies to see, like what's actually in there.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: kind of changing gears, in the past few years, uh, very few celebrities have been eager to host the Oscars, and Jimmy Kimmel is taking the gig this year. What are your thoughts about Kimmel hosting and the politics of the hosting job?
10: I know it's like the least desirable job in Hollywood, but I really wish they had someone other than Jimmy Kimmel. I He hosts everything. He hosts a show once a week that no one watches anyway. So I <laughs> <laughs> I feel like maybe a, a different voice, someone I, I would love to see um Aubrey Plaza and um Jenny Ortega. They were so funny at the SAG Awards. Someone young, someone exciting, not the same someone who's hosted 3 times already. I don't I don't want to see that. I I also just think he always plays it really safe with all of his jokes. It's going to be super buttoned up and it's not going to be Like one of the, like a Ricky Gervais hosting the Golden Globes, where it's like so outrageous and everyone's talking about it the next day. Like, I just think it's going to be relatively boring, Um, which is disappointing because it's such a fun, it could be such a fun show. Um, But yeah. Um, Yeah, totally agree.
0: Um, And that's all we have time for. I know you'll be watching this weekend. We will be too. And we'll keep an eye out for that ACE coverage coming out later this week. Thanks for coming, Caitlin. Thank Thank you so so much. much. And that's all we have time for on today's From Where We Are. Meredith McCabe produced today's show with Val Diaz and Issa Johnson. We also got help from Mallory Cara. Erin Lee is our live stream manager and Derek Renfro composed our theme music.
1: We are also streaming live on YouTube at Annenberg Radio News. Subscribe to From Where We Are on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Finally, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Annenberg Radio. I'm Nicole Bednar.
0: And I'm Claire Fogarty. From all of us at Annenberg Radio, wherever you are, we hope you'll join us again for From Where We Are. So, National Cereal Day, what's your fave? Um, I love the crispy texture of Rice Krispies and Fruity Pebbles. Ooh,
1: wow. Unpopular opinion? Raisin
0: brand. Oh <laughs> my god. i That's my mom's favorite. What about you, uh, Caitlin?
10: Um... I really love Cheerios. I'm a boring cereal person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's popular for a reason. Well, bye guys.